0: Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blemson. Many of the products and services on display at Google's Developers Conference this week rely on getting to know customers' interests and preferences. But the company also wants to reassure us that we can trust it to respect our privacy. Malcolm Moore asks Richard Waters how realistic these seemingly contradictory aims are.
1: Another way we build for everyone is by ensuring that our products are safe and private and that people have clear, meaningful choices around their data. We strongly believe that privacy and security are for everyone, not just a few.
0: That was Sundar Pichai, Google's chief executive, emphasizing the importance of privacy for all those who use its products. So Richard, tell us a little bit about the new products that Google's unveiling this week at its developer conference, and how do they fit in with this idea that there should be more privacy for users?
1: Well, so no surprise that AI, which has been front and center now for Google for you know two or three years, is really playing the major part in most of its new products and services. And uh, it's very much been the story this week. You know, I think one of the interesting things, by the way, is that Google is making promises now of things that in some cases aren't quite ready to ship. It always used to be that this was a I love him for engineers. Google's engineers would stand up and show things they got working and were about to come out and you could literally kind of touch it and feel it and you knew what was coming. Google is now slipping more into showing concepts, ideas, trying to shape people's sense of where it's going. So some of this stuff you can use now, some of it's in the future. One thing you can use now is a screen that has a camera in it, a smart screen for your home. Now, That's important, I think, because Google is racing Amazon and Facebook and others to try and put this kind of intelligent device in your kitchen in the middle of your home. They've avoided a camera before. Now they've stuck a camera on it. The camera can look at you and recognize you and start to interact with you more naturally. So that's one kind of idea where AI plays a part. And I think the other, and this is slightly longer range, is Google's Assistant, which is in many ways its most strategically important service. This is the intelligent agent that's meant to sit in everything and help you through your life. The intelligent agent is going to learn a lot more about you. You're going to be able to feed it with more of your personal details, and it'll just be able to understand you and have a conversation and do more for you. And it all sounds incremental, but, you know, these things could have quite a big impact. But hang on
0: that sounds a little bit like Google's going to know even more about me and my life's going to be even less private. What about this privacy that Mr. Pichai is
1: talking about? Well, there's the trade-off. I think what we have to realise is that just about everything Google is doing now depends on sucking up more of your data, or at least you giving it access to more parts of your life. And you know, part of this is AI. Machine learning which is the main technique in AI these days, relies on being able to train algorithms using an awful lot of data and then giving those algorithms access to as much information about you as they can get so that they can then advise you and help you and make decisions for you. So there's a really deep level of trust needed here. At the same time, no surprise that it's talking about these new services, Google is also saying, look, we've got all these extra privacy controls and protections for you. Trust us. And uh, for a big tech company right now to stand up and say trust us is obviously going to be a real show me moment.
0: Right. Um, Well, they're all sort of saying trust us, aren't they? Because, you know, we're hearing a sort of similar tune from Facebook and Apple and Microsoft about how they're all very concerned with privacy now. Do you think we should? Does Google deserve our trust? And what's it doing to earn our trust?
1: Well, Google's calculation here is that it's in a different position to Facebook. Facebook, at its developer conference last week, really has been emphasizing a completely new product direction. So Mark Zuckerberg has been saying, we won't do so much in public. The news feed in Facebook, which has been the center of your life for so long, that won't be in future. You know, It'll be private messaging talking to smaller groups of people in more controlled settings, that's really going to be the future. So I think Facebook, to regain trust, is really pushing ahead with entirely new product directions. Google's calculation is different. Google is betting that people still trust it. It hasn't had the same privacy problems that Facebook has had. There's obviously deep concern about Targeted advertising, you know, how much does Google know and how's it using that information to target advertising and who's getting that information? But at the same time, people still use and trust all of Google's services. They haven't seen any fall off in usage. And their calculation is as we make this stuff more useful, people will continue to give us their data, whatever the underlying political tone of the moment is. So they're pushing ahead, but they are ramping up the privacy and not just the rhetoric, but also some privacy technologies.
0: Right. So they're saying that user data will auto-delete. You can set the amount of time you can have it before they have to delete it. And uh, also location, and you can do more incognito browsing where they're not collecting information on you. I mean, is this window dressing? Should we take it seriously?
1: Well, so we all know that few people actually set controls that way. You know, I think the important thing here is that Google isn't resetting its defaults. It isn't automatically putting these controls on your data privacy. It's giving you the power to do it. And uh, most people don't do that. So although awareness, I think, is rising and some people will take advantage of this, most people won't. So I think a degree of scepticism is really in order here because the bigger picture is that Google's business model depends on massive data collection This will affect things around the edges, but it's not going to change the real core of its business. And so I think there will quite rightly be, and there have been complaints from privacy experts who say, you know, what's the difference?
0: Right. Now, the second thing that he talked a little bit about was this idea of AI happening on the device rather than data being uploaded to the cloud for AI to occur. What do you think of that?
1: Well, I think this is a really promising direction, and I think it's absolutely necessary for two reasons. I mean, one is simply that in the AI future we're all heading towards, there is going to be so much data collected, and we're going to want to be able to use it and access it and apply it so rapidly that channeling it all to these vast data centers that the internet companies run and then processing it all there and then funneling the results back to handsets is just going to be very burdensome and slow even with high-speed networks so you know in many ways google's engineers are driven by convenience they want something to work just much faster and so they can design algorithms which they're now doing that can run on a handset rather than demanding a server in a data center they can just make life much more efficient so This technology has only really started to become practical in the last six months to a year. They're starting to push it onto handsets. Now, of course, the byproduct of that is that a lot of your data can sit on your phone or whatever it is. Uh, It doesn't go to Google. Google doesn't see it. So I think this is a model of computing that we should all welcome. However, Google hasn't really said what its goals are here. How much data will it keep private? How much will it ship to the data center? What can we expect in the long run? But at least it's an encouraging kind of architectural shift in computing.
0: One of the things that Google talked about was building in some sort of ad blocker into Chrome, its web browser, so that cookies wouldn't be able to track people as they browse, now, that seems like something that Google's competitors are doing. But then again, Google's competitors don't also make a lot of money from advertising on the web. How does that fit with Google's model?
1: This isn't an ad block. It doesn't stop adverts getting into your browser. But what it does, as you say, is it stops people planting these cookies, little bits of code into your browser so they can secretly watch where you go around the web and then use that to send advertising to you. Now, Apple has very much been making the running here. Apple obviously doesn't depend on advertising, and so they've felt quite able to go ahead and put much greater cookie controls into their own browser on the iPhone. And Google is, I think, responding partly to that. And They're not going as far as Apple. This, again, is an optional thing for users. But Google's browser is a source of massive data collection. For the ad tech industry, these are the many data gatherers and technology companies that basically have created an entire industry, a very opaque industry, that collects all our data and cuts it out and carves it out and resells it. For Google to crack down on this to some degree is a really interesting moment. You know, they've worried about this for a long time. In many ways, they've wanted to crack down on it because it has a very bad reputation. But to do that sends a particular message because, effectively, Google is squashing the competition. It's preventing data getting to other companies that want to sell advertising which, of course, will help Google's services and help Google's advertising. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get some real complaints from the rest of the online advertising industry about this. You know, Google's cleaning it up, but cleaning it up means more power and more money to Google.
0: And how have the privacy campaigners reacted to what they've been saying?
1: Well, I don't think anyone's going to cut Google much slack at the moment. We're at the end of a decade now in which both Google and Facebook, the main collectors of data for advertising, have made all kinds of promises. They've given users all kinds of controls to protect their data better. And yet they're now widely perceived as just voracious consumers of information. And there's still too little real transparency about how that data sloshes around in the advertising system. So no surprise, you know, the privacy advocates are saying, we need government, government needs to act. And I think there's a real momentum starting to build in Washington. So I don't think anything Google's going to do is going to detract from legislation and regulation.
0: Okay, thanks very much, Richard. Good to talk to you. That was Malcolm Moore, Technology News Editor, talking to Richard Waters, our West Coast Editor. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, you can find our latest subscription offers at ft.com/offer. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast.